We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We'll talk about three players up, three players down. What are some lessons we can learn from what we got right? Who knows? I've been I've been vetching about a lot of players that I've gotten wrong. We'll, we'll still hit those too. Coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke, and uh, today we'll talk about a few guys that we got right, along with a few guys we got wrong. We, you know, I I try not to toot my horn too much because, especially when I've got my horns kind of out of tune right now. Uh, but there are a couple of leagues where I've gotten some things right, and we will hit those up uh, right now. But Fred, first of all, how are you? I'm great. Uh, yeah, I just got. I think you and I both just got back from running children around to various appointments and yes. activities. So um, I made it home about 10 minutes before we started. Just enough time to scroll through the news. Oh, good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, first thing we had to scroll through was the fake news uh, that Ellie De La Cruz is not coming up. He's just not in the lineup tonight. Everyone started to speculate. Is he hurt or is he getting the call? He's getting the call, right? No, he's really, really, he's getting the call. He's not in the lineup. I promise. That means he's, he's getting the call. No, Trent Rose, uh, Trent Rosecrans uh, put, threw some cold water on that one said just getting a day off after traveling a lot. He's been playing a lot. Uh, he's close to being ready, but he's not getting the call yet. I wish he were getting the call. Cause Hey, who, who wouldn't want a fresh dose of Ellie De La Cruz, but he is not getting the call. Unfortunately, if Ellie De La Cruz had gotten the call or when he does get the call, will he be the most sought after position player called up to date this season? Yeah, um, he will, but Royce Lewis will be right there, too. Uh, we had James Anderson on the SiriusXM show today, and he goes, he's the guy that you should be spending the most on, should he get the call. Because um, uh, he's closer to being ready right now, whereas Ellie might uh, struggle a little bit more. By the way, I picked up Royce Lewis, so you don't need to go look in uh, Friends and Family. I did that like when he hit three homers the other day uh, in his, in his uh, rehab assignment. Uh, but, uh, cause we have first come first serve in that league and might as well, uh, on the other hand, um, LA daily Cruz is available in Yahoo friends and family. It is also first come first serve. Uh, however, um, that's about to change cause 
he is no longer available. I just picked him up. Uh, so there you go. Um, you always complain about me beating you to the player. You're still beating me in the Everybody league, however. Me. So that, that, you know, they're, they're, you know, I win the little tiny little battle. You're winning the war. I have been, this is my worst season for friends and family for actually I'm ahead of players. Wow. And that's, yeah, I am having a terrible year in that league. And I have, I don't think I've gotten anyone on waivers of any note. Like there's no, no time. I have been really bad, even worse than usual at seeing transactions, thinking about the transactions and taking hours to think I should go pick him up for friends and family. I've ne- I haven't gotten to anyone this year. So we'll see if so, I can break that trend. This is the FOMO team anyhow. So I might yeah. as well be the let's speculate on prospects team also while yeah. we're at it. <laughs> it's worked out so well with Jordan Walker sitting there on my bench still. Um, what do you, I mean, I'm this close to cutting Jordan Walker. I probably I, I could cut him. It. Yep. I, I could see it for sure because it looked like maybe there was an opportunity for him to get the call the other day and he didn't. And I, I feel like that may be enough. I had people reaching out to me on Twitter after that, like this weekend saying, when is this guy going to get the call? Because it looked like there was an opportunity for them to bring him back and they didn't. So uh, yeah, I could see, I could see a reason to cut him. I mean, not that I'm trying to encourage you to cut him so that I can go pick him up after you cut him, but he hasn't, he hasn't hit well in the minors. He hit, hit fine for, it was okay. 718 OPS when he was with the Cardinals, but since he's been in the minors, he actually hasn't played that well. So it's not like he's earning his way back. Right. Uh, I don't know. I think they know he's a really good young player if they want to bring him back. Yeah. I, I, he's got, I mean, he has to kind of knock down that door and he isn't doing that yet. Yeah. So I get it. I thought Uh, he knocked it down. Didn't he knock it down during spring training? Like what happened here? Like, he certainly he, well, I think he was adjusting to the outfield a little bit, even in spring training. If you look at his spring training stats, go look at the K to walk. It's not very yeah. good at all. Yeah. Um, and someone just homered for the Cardinals to start off the game here today. Uh, uh, trying to figure that. I think it's Goldschmidt that just homered. Sorry, I got distracted. I'll do that. Lars you know Newbar is hitting leadoff. So if, if, if maybe it wasn't him, but um, no, it's, it's Goldschmidt because there's one out. So uh, the Cardinals have, yeah, they have with them having Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill in the IL and still not bringing up Jordan Walker. Yep. I think that says something that maybe you should drop them. Well, and the thing is like Paul DeYoung is tearing the cover off the ball right now. Yep. He's one of our three up. So let's just go ahead and talk Paul DeYoung while we're at it here. We'll talk and we'll just full on talk Cardinals. Get it, get it out of our system here. Cause you got to go clean, clean yourself after talking Cardinals. But, uh, Sorry, I can't resist, but uh, even though it's not even a funny joke, um, let's uh, so okay. Paul DeYoung is like he's got like a nine something OPS, he's crushing the ball. He's he's doing he's a uh, Christopher Morel without the youth and hype, uh, but uh, he, he's absolutely on fire right now. Homered again yesterday, he's forced his way into the lineup. Nolan Gorman has just become like a is like I think top five in OPS still. Yeah. Uh, I have no going no, Nolan Gorman in any of my teams, and it really hurts. Same here. He's a classic like post hype sleeper type. Yep. Um, but uh, you know they, they've got the, so there, there's reason. So these guys have to play, right? Uh, if DeYoung's playing, if Gorman's playing, Donovan means pretty much has to play the outfield. You still got Tommy Edmond in the mix, and he's playing every day. Edmond can play the outfield some too. I mean, you just you got to figure out how all the pieces are going to fit, and this is without Tyler O'Neill coming back yet. And Tyler O'Neill is taking is coming back slowly, very slowly from this injury, which was originally thought to be not that big of a deal. But like today, Edmund is playing right field. Uh, Donovan's playing first base, mm-hmm. and Goldschmidt's the DH. That's how they fit all the, make all the pieces fit this this time. 
now that they have Contreras back at behind the plate, they don't the DH spot at least is available to them. But point is, they've got all these spots of you know that they're trying to all these players are trying to squeeze in the spots. You know, Carlson's pretty much out of a job, even if he is healthy right now. And same thing is kind of with like they're kind of like take your time, Tyler. Uh, they they don't really want to rush him back. They've already got nine guys in that lineup. Yeah, I, I so Brendan Donovan's the one that sticks out to me as probably not deserving i know you were not i believe you were not high on brendan donovan during draft season and then remember he had that great opening series against my blue jays yes I and do. a lot of people speculated like maybe this guy is actually really good he did have a 394 on base percentage last year like he the guy he does know how to get on base he just there's no power there there's no speed there so far this year though even including that series he's got a 651 ops going into tonight um having him play unless his back comes around having him play positions that like first base or outfield maybe doesn't right. make a lot of sense, but um, I don't know. I still feel like the Cardinals, I don't know. He feels Donovan feels to me like a guy, the Cardinals are just going to find a way to get in the lineup. They're just going to like the way he plays. He, he, his bat should come around a bit. He's a good defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to keep getting into the lineup. Yeah. I, I think we're seeing, we've asked before, like where, what happened to the Cardinals devil magic? I think we're starting to see it. I think it's yeah. Oh yeah. DeYoung Gorman's really on fire after that brief time where he had to sit because they were trying Wilson Contreras, uh, you know, not playing catcher. And, but now I think we're starting to see some of that Cardinals devil magic. Yeah. And they're even playing uh, 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 Gorman against lefties a little bit too. A little bit. Which is what they need to do. You know, it's the whole, you know, righties aren't sad against righties. They get to play all the time, but lefties always get this bias against them. Uh, oh, you can't hit a lefty. Well, you never let me play against a lefty. That's I right. might be biased because I'm left-handed. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I get angry about that sort of thing. It, uh, with young players, like I, I totally see it with young players like Gorman. Like, he's 23. He's not just inexperienced. He's actually young. Sometimes we see guys called up later and it's like, oh, he's young. Oh, no, he's not. He's 27 or 26 or something. Gorman's 23. Like, if you want him to develop into a really good, like a potential all-star, that kind of player, you have to let him play against lefties right now. Yep. Agreed. Maybe not every lefty, but, but some of them. Yeah. You yeah. sit him against Clayton Kershaw. Fine. Right. Uh, right. Although I don't think they did. Um, the, the fact is they've been playing him against everybody, which is nice. So I like seeing mm-hmm. that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they've got a lot of pieces. They got to try to fit in. And I think there's a pretty good chance we won't be seeing Walker anytime soon. So I'm yep. kind of talking myself into cutting Jordan Walker, and that's going to hurt because I know Jordan Walker is legit. You know, it's not like, okay, you know, a lot of times prospects struggle, but then they they end up being fine eventually. And I think that's probably what's going to happen here with Jordan Walker. But, you know, for this year, that might not happen until August. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I was able to avoid a cut right now, but I'm now stashing two prospects and, you know, some injured guys and all that. But so be it. Um, that That's the route I'm going there. But, DeYoung is definitely a guy on the rise right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at his, you know, his fan graphs page, his like other stats, like mostly it's the same, you know, the strikeout rates, mm-hmm. the same, the walk rates, the same, um, his, his max exit velocity is about the same His average exit velocity is uh, like a little, nah, it's pretty much the same. So, um, I'm assuming he comes back down to earth on, on Statcast. He does have a better hard hit rate than he's had. I think he's the same guy. He's just on a heater. Yeah. I, and I, really I think I, I agree. And I, he goes on heaters like this all the time. Yep. So I, I really kind of think this is more of the same too. Uh, probably don't, uh, you know, the thing is 
<laughs> we may have cut him before his heater in the, the world worst team ever. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Um, good job. I, uh, you can blame me and not shoe for that one there. Cause I think he wanted okay. to cut somebody else, but, uh, yeah, that, that, that didn't work out very well. So, so uh, be it there. Yeah. I, I think he was available. I think in one of my leagues on mm-hmm. Sunday, I didn't end up, I bid on him, but I didn't get him. I didn't bid a lot. I think if you have him, you just ride the heater out, but you don't expect him. I would be really surprised if he's, you know, on fantasy rosters in August or something like that, even July. So right. I, I think maybe July, I don't know. I think he's on a heater. I think you enjoy it. I think when the heater ends, you bench him for a week. And if it's still gone, then you cut him. Yeah. You exactly. know, if you got him for 20 bucks, if you got him for 30 or 40 bucks, sure. Don't spend a hundred dollars on him. Yeah. I see. I'm not the only one that did. So Scott Gilroy said he did the same here okay. too. So I get it. Cause yeah. he seems like he's more of a streamer. It's yeah. just the heaters just lasted a little longer than, than we expected. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about another guy on the rise. And that's the Arizona diamondbacks, Lourdes Gurriel jr. Um, uh, recently naturalized u.s citizen uh congrats okay. to him on that uh he is a cover boy for our uh, photo even though it's a picture of when he was with your jays uh you're asking should the jays at petition to undo that trade huh. uh, from the offseason they sure should um that's not a big fantasy take but like dalton varsho is i don't know he dalton varsho in fantasy he's good because you got a catcher for this year, you've got a catcher with seven homers and six, six steals right now. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you'll get a 2020 catcher or something along those lines. But he has not hit well. He has a 652 no. OPS. His this I don't know, I don't want to rail on the Blue Jays too much, but this feels like a trade that was a bad trade. I didn't like it right from the beginning. They lose Moreno, who I think is going to be a really good long term catcher. He's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. Guriel's fine. Like he he's hitting maybe a little better than usual this year, but he's a solid offensive player. To upgrade basically from Guriel's defense to Varsho's, they gave up Moreno. I mean, I guess they get more years of control with Varsho, but I don't know. Guriel's hit really well for the so far for the Diamondbacks. Without he's got, he's just shown more power than he showed last season. He's kind of back to being someone who's like a twenty homer, maybe even twenty five homer player. It's not this isn't a Babbitt fueled improvement, but he's hitting three twenty one. But he's always been a high average hitter. As far as fantasy goes, he's someone who is is good not great because he doesn't steal bases um, right doesn't post massive power numbers either but he they he's uh, alex verdugo actually kind of reminds me a bit of alex verdugo maybe yeah. not quite as good but maybe yeah probably about the same verdugo i liked always- him where yeah. he was going so yeah. you asked me things i got right i do have a decent amount of shares of guriel okay. mostly from early drafts uh because you know you know I, 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 later on i had other targets but early drafts he was kind of like the hey I know he's going to play almost every day. Mm-hmm. This should be a pretty decent lineup, a good young lineup around him. Yep. I think that, you know, the counting stats will be okay. So he was like, you know, your, your 18th to 20th round in the 15 team, if I recall correctly, was about the range where I was getting him. Yeah. So I got, I got Guriel right. Kind of, um, you know, it's not exactly a flag plant, but you know, it, the, the, the principle is also right there too. And, you know, in these deeper leagues, especially draft and hold leagues, playing time is king. Finding guys that you yep. can get late uh, that, that are, you know are going to get regular playing time in a decent spot in the lineup, you got to grab them. Yeah, absolutely. And that Cardinals team is kind of cool. Like, or sorry, Diamondbacks team. Sorry, Ralph Cardinals. That Diamondbacks yeah. team is kind of cool. Like, they kind of feel to me like a team that's starting to turn the corner. They've got a winning record so far this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got some interesting pieces in their lineup. Like, I'm not sure if how good Cattell Marte is, but he's, but he's something. He's not bad. Right. Corbin Carroll's really interesting. Christian Walker's 
you know, been, you know, he had, he had a bit of a breakout year last year, or at least a bounce back year, whatever you want to call it this year. He's, he's built on that. Guriel, Josh Rojas isn't awesome, but he's like a piece of play. Actually, Rojas has used. been sneaky, terrible. I, you know how he I know has. this? Because I yeah. have him on lots of places. He but. steals a few bases as far as fantasy goes, but you're, but for the Diamondbacks, you're right. He's, I guess he hasn't been. I'm probably giving him a little too much credit because he's got five steals so far, which helps in fantasy a little bit. But you're right. He, he also has ball. five homers plus steals, too, if you want That's to right. <laughs> But Moreno is an, <laughs> is an interesting guy for them, just building long term. Uh, Perdomo has taken a step forward offensively, although I don't know if that's really sustainable, but right. maybe at least to being so. And he started all their recent games. So they kind of were platooning him. I don't know. I'd have to check to see if they're just on a stretch of facing righties or if he's broken through as an everyday guy. And then in the rotation, they've got, you know, Gallon's pitch well and Merrill Kelly's pitch well. And now they have Fought, who hasn't really pitched well, but he, he's certainly really interesting. I don't know. They're just an interesting team that's looks like they're going to hang around at least in a wild card race. Good call on Perdomo, by the way. I was just looking up the game log. Nick Ahmed started twice since May 9th. Yeah. Uh, which was, and, and he actually, one of As those he games he started, he went two for four on, uh, it was nice. But you know what? He's he's a decent defender, um, yep. and he's not much of a hitter at all. So, yeah, I, uh, the thing is, the Diamondbacks have had some things go wrong. Alec Thomas is in the minors. Jake McCarthy's in the minors. Yep. Josh Rojas, Rojas has zero homers. They haven't really figured out the bullpen uh, yet, although Chafin and Castro have been fine. Yep. It took them a while to get to that point, though. Uh, and they're really only too deep in the rotation. That's the other thing. Uh, Castro's actually been more than fine. He's been really good, actually. Uh, but like Ryan Nelson, who I believe is pitching tonight, has been just meh. Zach Davies is on long-term IL. Yep. Tommy Henry is now up. Fought, like you said, hasn't been good. They they really, you know, Jameson, uh, Drew Jameson is in the minors. Uh, so they, they really, I mean, they, they can have some things still go right uh, down the road to improve. And they're eight games over 500 despite all of that. Yeah. T- to me, they maybe profile as a team that just doesn't have enough pitching and eventually yeah, it catches up with them and they peter out. And But they hang around in the race into August or something like that. And then it does feel like even though some of these NLEs teams have started slowly, that eventually the Mets get their act together or the Phillies get their act together or um, – you know, may, maybe the Central produces a wild card team. Maybe the Cardinals catch up and the Brewers play well. Or and the Padres, obviously, are a good candidate. We'll see. But they have, obviously, the talent to, to catch up. But, yeah, I think Arizona's – they need more pitching depth. But, as you said, like, some things could go more right. Like, maybe Fott could kind of take off as a at least a mid-rotation type guy in his rookie season maybe jake mccarthy gets back at some point and does what mm-hmm. he did in the second half of last year and makes that lineup more dynamic dominic fletcher's just has been up for a little while he's, he's done some good things maybe he can hang around we'll see yeah i took um, a flyer on dominic fletcher in my in only uh, uh home league which is a keeper league also got him like really cheap he's still hitting for average yeah, yeah. he's not going to hit 338 we know that but uh he and, and you look at four Four walks, 14 Ks, 71 at bats. So that's not that many strikeouts. I mean, I, I think there's something there with Fletcher. And if you look at his uh, Fletcher's minor league numbers, they're all pretty good too. I just fear that like the minor league numbers aren't very uh, predictive because they that you know they you know they play at Reno, you know, for instance, for their triple A team, which is a launching pad. So you really don't want to like rely on that too much there. But I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I mean, you know. Fletcher and the thing is Fletcher wasn't really a big time prospect didn't hit our prospect rankings going into this year he's a fourth you know our outlook said he was in a, a, four, a fourth outfielder uphill battle to get even get on you know 
one of the things he had an advantage of is he was already added to the 40 man roster. I think he had to be because of when he was drafted. So um, that gave him the chance and he's done well with the chance so far. Yeah. And, and if, and it's like strength in numbers, like if, if he could have a bit of a run and then maybe he peters out, but maybe by the time he peters out, maybe McCarthy comes back. McCarthy's right. hitting 300 with a 400 on base uh, in 80 at bats since he's been sent to the minors. So, you know, maybe at some point he gets a, a, a fresh shot or they just decide, you know what, McCarthy's had enough of a break, clear yeah. his head and, and start fresh. But maybe Fletcher carries them for a month, carries some outfield production for them for a month until, and then they, then he peters out and then they swap back. So maybe their strength in numbers, I think they can do that with their hitting group. I just don't know if they can do that. I just don't think they have the pitching for it. I think they'd really have to add. Um, to me, they feel like a team that falls out of the race in September or or august or they feel like a team that maybe squeaks in maybe undeservedly and then it's quickly gone but that would be huge for them just to yeah. squeak in and be quickly gone like that yeah that would be huge for, huge for that organization exactly exactly yeah. all right one more uh guy on the rise guy i didn't thought of at all coming into this season that's seattle mariners second baseman jose caballero mm-hmm. uh is he you know is he fully taken over for Colton Wong and is this something bankable? I'd say, I'd say almost for the, he's not starting today. So I guess I can't say that he's fully taken over for okay. Colton Wong. Wong's back in the lineup today. He had started several games in a row before that. Um, so I guess he has mostly taken over. Is this bankable? I'm not so sure at this point. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not racing out to pick him up yet, um, but he's definitely someone to watch right now. Like if, if he has a good week this week, sure, he's not starting tonight, but they're playing Oakland right now. So take all the stats with a grain of salt. He homered last night. Um, he was hitting the cover off the ball just in 10. He only played 10 games in AAA before they, they brought him up this year, but uh, an 1143 OPS. So he's off to a great start in AAA. He can steal bases. Not like a huge speedster, but he can steal bases. Um, yeah, he's an interesting, interesting guy for 15 team leagues, I think right now it's someone who streamed him this week. I didn't even consider streaming him this week. It wouldn't have been a bad play. You could have used him for the four game series right now against the A's. Right. Cause you should use almost anyone who plays pretty much every day against the A's. He probably starts three of those four games. That would probably be worth it as a Monday to Thursday, $1, $2 streamer. It wouldn't have been a bad play. Right. Uh, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So he, you know, he, he wasn't considered much of a prospect. Uh, drafted by the Diamondbacks, traded to the Mariners in 2019 for Mike Leake. Uh, it was Mike Leake, yeah. um, and who's now retired. So, I mean, it's they've already gotten someone who reached the majors. So that's like, you know, just reaching the majors is like a win when you're trying to get, get that there a little bit there. But, uh, you know, hey, can't, you know, I think the real takeaway is, yes, it's really time to worry if you're a Colton Wong manager. Uh, if you're still in the Colton Wong business, I can't believe you are. I think he has like three extra base hits all year. Uh, probably most people have given up on Colton Wong. Yeah, I'd say so. And I, and I think that's fine. Like even if Caballero, you know, eventually declines, I don't think it's going to be Wong at this point. I think, I think it could be Wong in a, a part-time role. I don't know. It, I mean, I've never been on Wong as far as fantasy goes. I always felt like there's not really that much production there when you break down his stats, like did a few seasons with decent steals totals. That's about it. 
He went 15 17 last year. That can that has yeah, its uses for the price. That's true. You're, you're right. Uh, went 14 12 the year before. He's always been like the cheap source of stolen bases. The, that, the end game guy that you throw at middle in your middle infield spot. Yeah, except I feel like often he gets this year, he maybe not. I don't know. I feel like often he gets drafted before the end game. Mm-hmm. And he's had a career long tendency of not putting up runs or rbi totals that are very that's true so i just find that fascinating with him over time like he's been in the majors as a kind of full-time player since 2014 um his career high in runs is 71 he's got a 71 and a 70 everything else is is in the 60s or lower and then in rbis he's he's a, a 61 from way back in 2015 and a lot of seasons with like in the 40s right 30s like yeah, he's just never, and I know it's partly because he's a platoon player, but I feel like you get the, I don't know, whatever, on average, about 10 homers and about, I don't know, 15 steals, something like that. But then you don't get batting average and you don't get, a like your runs plus RBIs are typically more like pretty low, like 120, something like that. I just have never felt like he's someone worth really pursuing. I feel like he's more of a streamer. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's probably even... Yeah, I, I think that's probably uh, yeah. And now he's not even a streamer. He's uh, I mean, he doesn't yeah. even have a stolen base this year. I mean, it's no. there's you can't got it. you can't steal first. No, you know, right? um, he's got a two oh eight slugging percentage. That that's tough. All right, we no more dunking on Colton Wong. That's like low hanging fruit. He is not one of our fallers. He he's already fallen. So no. he's not a faller. He's fallen. Uh, we're gonna hit fallers, but first, quick note from our friends at Rival Fantasy. A new MLB season means it's time for a new kind of daily fantasy baseball. Rival Fantasy is the fantasy platform reinventing the way daily and weekly games are played. And they brought new games to the ballpark this year that fantasy players won't find anywhere else. Rival Fantasy games include Fantasy Bingo, Head-to-Head Player Challenges, and Fantasy Book, where users can select over-unders for two to five players. With games like this, daily fantasy has never been better. Right now, RotoWire listeners can get a $50 protected first play. That means if you win your first play, you obviously keep your winnings. But if you lose your first entry, Rival Fantasy will fully refund you up to 50 bucks. Go to play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up and use code RotowireMLB at sign up and deposit a minimum of $25 to get your first entry on Rival protected up to $50. You know, it's, it's so key to get these first time offers no matter what uh, platform you play in here. So check that out. Play, play.rivalfantasy.com slash sign up. Now's the time to step up to the plate and become a rival today. Welcome to the arena. Also, we're on the Blue Wire Network. We're going to play a couple of their ads right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. This, we did the three up. Uh, let's talk about three down. And I know a lot of chatter in the, the chat room already about this guy. That's uh, Michael Harris. We were talking about this before the podcast. So on the worst main event live draft team drafted ever, that's not purposely bad or rogue drafter bad. It's just bad is my Vegas main team. And that's Michael Harris. And I got him in the third round, not in the lineup today against the Dodgers and Bobby Miller uh, making his debut. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, there's some news of, as far as the Dodgers go. Uh, but, uh, you know, Michael Harris has one Homer this year. I mean, he has he has exactly four stolen bases. So uh, Ryan Bloomfield on his bloom boards did like a list of players with less than five combined homers and stolen bases and hitting like 220 or below. Michael Harris would, you know, he'd be at the top of that list if he had one fewer stolen base. But now he's he, he's been dropped to eighth or ninth in the order most of the time. We spent a third round pick on him and he might get sent down. He's been that bad. He should be sent down. To me, that would make perfect sense. And I think there'd be no shame in him going down. Like what he did last year at his age is remarkable. Yeah. He's still only 22. Like he's 22. He's like, he had great success last year as a 21 year old. Um, if they need to send him down, it's okay. Like send him down. That The Braves team has a great lineup. They've got Kevin Pillar right now as a fourth outfielder who's played really well this year. Um, like I know that probably won't last, but he's got a 786 OPS. He's had a few big home runs for them this year. He's an Alex Anthopoulos guy. Like Anthopoulos had him back in Toronto yeah. and, and clearly likes him. Like he, he pulled him off the scrap heap and gave him another shot. I think when his career was kind of hanging by a thread um, to me, it makes perfect sense to maybe make Pilar. Pilar has pretty balanced splits in his career. So he could kind of play most days, put Harris in the minors for a month, just play Pilar every day. Put Pilar, have Pilar hit ninth or eighth or something like that. And, uh, you know, bring up whoever you need to bring up to be a fourth outfielder. And let's try to get Michael Harris right. Um, 
I, I in a 15 team league, I don't think I could drop Michael Harris. I'm not. I'm in not a, dropping him. Um, well, I'm going to ride this one until the bitter bloody end. In a, in a, would you? Okay. So would you keep him if he if they if they demote him? Would you keep him for at least two weeks to okay. see if this is a quick send down or not? Yeah. Um, maybe even longer. Unless I guess unless they demoted him and said right at the demotion time, you know, this is going to be a while. Like you know what I mean? Like where they demote someone and say we're going to give him a long time in the minor. Yeah. Sure. We'll bring him back maybe in the second half. Um. We just want to get them right for the long run. So anyways, all those, yeah. In a 12, would you drop them? I just start mm, streaming this one. That, that's getting closer, but I mean, I, I still probably would try to park them on my bench. I haven't even benched them yet. So that's, I mean, I've been really stubborn. So here's a couple of things about Michael Harris. You know, a lot of the talk going into the season is, oh, he, you know, he's going to definitely drop an average because he, he struck out so much last year. He's actually striking out less. Uh, he he had a 4.8 walk percentage, 24% uh, K percentage. It was actually 5% walk rate last year. It's up to 8.5 this year, and his K percentage is actually down to 20%. So he's actually striking out less. He's just doing nothing with the contact. I think that's the real problem. He's even hitting – and he's just no line drives at all, Fred. Uh, it's like it was 17% last year. It's 12% this year. Can't get by the twelve percent uh, line drive percentage. Uh man, I'm talking. This is the more I talk, the le- the more pessimistic I'm getting. Um, he, he should be like if you just look at like his advanced stats, like his stat cast data says two eighteen batting average. It's got his X slug is at or a little over a hundred points higher than his slug. I mean, of mm-hmm. course he he has been unlucky. Like one ninety seven Babbitt, but that's because he's not hitting the ball very hard. For sure, for sure. But I mean, even what, even for not hitting the ball very hard, one ninety seven is really low, right? Yeah. Like you should even be able to fluke your way if you're not hitting the ball very hard to at least like a, with his speed and he puts a lot of balls on the ground. Like you should be able to fluke your way to a two fifty Babbitt or something like that. Um, obviously, he's a mess. He's not climbing up the Braves lineup anytime soon. Mm-hmm. He's not going to climb up the Braves lineup barring injury ever. Like that lineup's loaded at the top. You know, he found Albie, a way to climb. Ozzy Albie's hit six. I well, I, well, sorry, he would have to hit really, really well. All of a sudden, I so I think I am benching him now <laughs> until like yeah. well, now that he's the Braves are benching him, I think it's a natural, easy decision to bench him. Uh, I think in a twelve, I might actually cut him now. On a fifteen, I'm still hanging because what's your replacement value? And the disaster, of course, is if somebody else picks him up and he starts doing well. Okay, yep. so. Okay, you you need the roster spot in Yahoo Friends and Family theoretically. Jordan Walker or Michael Harris, one of them's got to go. Who goes? Jordan Walker. Yeah, just because I don't I don't think Jordan Walker's coming up anytime soon. Okay, I'd say keep Harris until such time as the Braves send him down, and then, uh, yeah, I would. I guess I cut Walker first. I'll say that I cut Walker first. I might cut them both. Okay, it would depend what's out there. So how about this? I'm not going to cut Harris just to cut him. Okay. Right. So if I was on a team like an NFBC team and my team is pretty healthy and I felt like I could make the moves I needed to make on Sundays without cutting him, I would keep him. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'd probably cut him as soon as I felt like I needed the spot to bring this back. For example, on one NFBC team, I kept Jake McCarthy for a couple of weeks after they set him down. Um, you know, I had spent like an eighth rounder on him. I was interested to see if they would just send him down for like a week or two and then bring him back up. 
And, and I didn't have a lot of injuries on that team. So I was able to make the moves I needed to make and keep them. Then once a couple of weeks passed and it didn't feel like they were going to bring them up anytime soon and I needed the roster spot, then I cut them. So maybe I feel the same way about Harris. I've still got McCarthy on my bench in labor. I'm hanging. I'm hanging on okay. for dear life. But... You can do that in labor. With the unlimited IL and six yeah. bench spots, you could do that. I would still have them on my bench too, I think. Maybe. I would, yeah. I'm, I've climbed all the way to like, 10th or you know okay. you know in that league i'm rocketing up the charts <laughs> uh but uh yeah it's uh you know it it's still nowhere close to your stratosphere but uh yeah i'm not i'm not it's not as embarrassingly bad as it was before all right um yeah and if lordis you know, we were talking lordis guriel earlier there lordis guriel's available and you've got michael harris i i'd make that oh, i'd make that change yeah. yeah and and in a league where that's also like a maybe a bit of a yeah. It says I'm in a twelve and I can get Lourdes. Yeah, a hundred percent. In a in that's a, that's not only a twelve. That's a twelve with probably shallow benches. Yeah. So in that case, Harris is, has got to go. Yeah. Um, it's just and there's like, nothing it, against you going ahead and getting Harris back later on. I know it yeah. sucks if he's your keeper or a third round pick or whatever. Uh, but in a twelve where lot, roster spots are a lot more fluid, I think you got to do it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, if, if players at Lourdes Guriel's caliber are available, then it's for sure a league where you have to drop them. Yeah. All right. How about uh, this is a guy that you warned against drafting in the first round. We'll play the tapes back. Fred Zinke says, do not take Bobby Witt in the first round. Bobby Witt is now batting six for the, uh, for, for the Royals. His on base is awful. He's still fantasy-wise not killing you yet. Seven homers and 13 stolen bases. He's not just killing. He's probably a plus player, yep. but he is hitting 220 now. He's he's only driven in 19 runs. Yeah, well, of course he was batting leadoff, so you're not going to get a lot of RBI there, but especially on the Royals. Uh, but he's only and he scored 29 runs, so he's he's a classic better in fantasy than real life. But if he keeps batting six, that the runs scored are going to go down too. Yeah, I, if he doesn't come around much, like even if he goes 20, 30, 20 homers, 30 steals. If that comes with like a 240 average mm-hmm. with this, with the offensive output around baseball this year, if it comes with a 240 average and like 60 RBIs and like 70 or 70 runs, 75 runs, that's crummy. That's really crummy for your first round pick. Like the homers and steals are fine, but it just falls apart after that. Um, yeah, I just, I, we'll see. Maybe I won't be right. Maybe he'll have a huge, huge summer. I don't know. But just the whole concept going into the season of drafting someone even a young player in the first round, but a 294 on base last year just didn't sit well. And maybe there's a cumulative take here with him and with Michael Harris. Michael Harris was really good last year on the surface, but like you said, like the strikeout and walk rates were concerning. Maybe just your picks, your first two or three hitters, your hitters in those first say four rounds should be someone with like a, a track record or B if they don't have much track record, the skills are like undeniable. You know right. what I mean? Like, like, like Michael Harris's rookie year, but with like good plate plate discipline, something like that, where the skills are just, you're like, okay, there aren't, there seemingly aren't really holes in this player's game. Yeah. Well, let's go back over time. Let's, let's play this. What, what should have we done uh, sort of game? Cause you know, that's always fun to beat yourself up on the, what <laughs> you should have done sort of thing here. Um, so instead of Bobby Witt, if on average he was going to team 10 in the main wow. event, 
You could have had Corbin Burns. That didn't work out so well. Yeah, fact, still, we I, talk about I that. still might rather. Okay, going forward, I would still rather have Corbin Burns. Yeah, I, I would too. But yeah, I, would. I, would. I think I, Whit might have out-earned him. I'm just saying. Those, those... Oh, he probably has. Oh, he has. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, at least you have the stolen bases. I mean, I yep. can't emphasize that enough. I mean, I, I saw a big trade in the Rotowire Staff Keeper League uh, for uh, Estuary uh, Ruiz, uh, Ryan Roof, uh, frequent co- listener of the pod, commenter, occasional guest, uh, and contributor to Rotowire. Um, and darn good player just made a big trade to go f- a go for it trade by trading for Ruiz. You know, those 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 stolen bases are huge when you got when you know you're getting them. Okay, after Wit, so Burns, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Hasn't been awesome so not, far. Not awesome. Probably um, no better than Whip, but I would rather have Guerrero going forward just because I just, he's just such a better overall. I just really worry Whip could be pretty bad. Like, yeah. Like, like, like the steals aren't as plentiful and the bat doesn't come around. But you're right. Vlad has been like, meh. He's got an 846 OPS. actually a little better than the one he had last year, but he hasn't. I think we were expecting Vlad to be better than, like noticeably better than last year, and he hasn't been. Yeah. Uh, Vlad Guerrero has not been amazing so far. Uh, just, you know, he, he's been good. He's a plus guy, 293, seven homers, 27 RBI, two stolen bases even is a nice little bonus, 25 runs scored. He hasn't killed you, but he is also not like, oh, yeah, I'm winning my league because I have Vlad in the first round either. No, but I would take. Oh, I'd take right. him over wit. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, so quiet. according to our earned auction values, though, uh, Vlad is worth 18 bucks so far. Wit is worth 18 bucks so far. Okay, there um, you go. So there you go. Uh, Mookie Betts was next on the list. Who would you rather have for the rest of the season, Mookie or Wit? Oh, Mookie. Jake. Yeah, he qualifies at second yeah. now too. Yeah, um, he's a like he he's a little Vlad like where he's been like fine, but. Not like he's not stealing bases, he's not hitting for average. So, but the runs and RBIs are there, power is there. He should hit 30 home runs this year. It's the steals are a little concerning. I think his batting errors will come up a bit. Um, mm-hmm. I would guess on your earned auction value. Oh, I don't know if Wit would be who would be first, Wit or Betts so far. Betts, um, by t- it's Betts is at 20 bucks and Wit's at 18. By oh, the way. okay. So I'm interested that, that I'm actually almost a little surprised that Betts is ahead of of Vlad on that because combined homers and steals bets has two more, but mm-hmm. his batting average is a lot lower. He's got a few more runs plus RBIs. They're pretty close. Anyways, I'll take bets going forward because he's a good baseball player. That's so I'm going to take anyone over wit. Who's even comparable right now, just because they're better overall players. So a lot more stable assets. Okay. Yeah. What else you got? Okay. So Machado. No, no. Can't Soto. We were taught we had a whole segment on his struggles early on. He's starting to hit a little bit better now. Yeah. Freddie uh, Freeman. I'll, I'll take Soto for sure. Freddie. I'm just going to, I'll oh, give Freddie you like Freeman has been awesome. Yeah. Tatis. Got to take Tatis. Jordan Alvarez. Remember how much we were like wringing our hands about yeah. uh, the injury. I know I personally was, um, I, you know, and he's been fine. He, he's missed a couple of games, but my goodness, he's been amazing. No and health wise, he's been bad. fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, health wise, he's been fine. That's what I meant. Batting wise, he's been awesome. So that that was the clear answer. Riley, who has been a bit of a disappointment. Trout's been really good. Doesn't run, but we know that. And then Pete Alonso. And I think we've gone deep enough there now. But you can kind of see there weren't easy, easy solutions. Uh, At least, you know, 
You could have Strider is probably the real answer there. Just go, I guess, go Strider I guess and then I, your pitching's taken care of for a while. Yeah, just comparing him to hitters, I guess you're right that the hitters list we just went through, not many of those hitters are like way better than Witt to this mm-hmm. from a fantasy perspective. They're all better hitters, you know, from a real life perspective. But from a fantasy perspective, they're not way better or way more valuable to this point other than Freeman and Alonso. I yeah. guess those are the only ones that are, have been way, way better. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, we'll just see where where Wit goes from here. But but I, I think bottom line is I think if you picked Wit, I don't know, I guess you're not really in love with that pick so far. Like you're not feeling great about it. Right, exactly. So um, far. And so I like I said, I wonder if the takeaway with players like him and Michael Harris are just to be be careful of players with massive flaws in their game. For Wit, it was the ability to get on base. For for Harris it was their his strike zone the ability to get on base yeah 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 (laughs) basically well yeah last year he did get on base but it was because he hit for a really high average yeah you were really banking on on that high babip again like at a 361 last year you were getting your bet you're betting on that or for his plate discipline to really come around yeah Yeah. uh the the third faller and he hasn't fallen really far but he's he's fallen some uh is pitcher zach wheeler pitched last night Uh, allowed four runs on eight hits and a walk over six innings. He's got a 64 to 14 K to walk. He always has a great K to walk in 57 innings. Yet he sits there with a 411 ERA and a 123 whip. Uh, it's a little incongruous. The whip is actually higher than it has been the last three years. Uh, this is kind of what his MO used to be whip wise, but uh, he, he's been frustrating so far as have many of the other Phillies. Yeah, so I think Zach Wheeler in a trading league would be a buy low right now. Like 327 BABIP, which is high for him, would be almost the highest of any season in his career. Uh, 65.8 strand rate, that's really low. Um, he's he's never been a, well, not usually a great strand rate pitcher, but that's still about 10% below his career average. So I, I mentioned to you, and I think in the notes, that I feel like Aaron Nola, it's just funny to me because they're teammates. I feel like Aaron Nola has done this to fantasy owners a couple of times where all season, everything points towards Aaron Nola being awesome, except the actual results, mm-hmm. right? Like we had the 2019 season, which I know was happy fun ball, but still like he had a 387 ERA that season. We had the year uh, 2021, the year after the shortened season, he had a 333 Nola had a 333 FIP, but a fourth 63 ERA. So, Wheeler to me is just like that season right now. His FIPS 292 is the ERA is 411. Like it, it, everything here feels like buy low on Zach Wheeler because he's going to come around. I agree. Ex- I, except that, like I said, we've seen this from Nola where all season I wrote about that, wrote him up as buy low, et cetera. And then he just never came around. Except but, then he does like yeah, last but, year. Oh, the, oh, it's like, the, no, it's like the next year he comes around. Yeah. That doesn't help you if you buy low on him this year. That's true. That's so I, I, st- I would still, I would, all the Aaron Nola stuff I wrote, I would have done it all. I would do it all over again, even knowing that he didn't come around. Zach Wheeler, same thing. I'd rather buy low on Zach Wheeler now and have him not come around and just be like, oh, you know what? My process was good. I just picked like wrong guy. Like if you're looking to buy low in a trading league on someone with ace level potential who hasn't put up ace like results, I think Zach Wheeler's a fine target. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I yeah. think you're right. And he's not that. like he's getting hit at hit. Like it's not like he's just giving up home run after home run where people are teeing off on him. He's only mm-hmm. giving up four home runs. He just needs a little bit of batted ball luck and a little bit of sequencing luck to help his strand rate. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So uh George Springer just got 
his tower buzzed but didn't get hit. It wasn't even that bad. But no, kinda, actually, I have that game on and yeah, a, a little dramatic. I, whatever, he's just yeah. getting out of the way, I guess. As long these as divisional rivals all hate each other. It's always it, it's it's great to see that Rays always seem to get in these scraps. They get that way with the the Yankees for sure, yeah. and maybe even the Red Sox too a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, there was a little bit, and they they oh, and then Springer got his revenge. Same at bat. Hanging breaking ball parked into the outfield there. Ooh, that was well, Jeff, off what of Todd we've just Bradley. established here is that your TV is about 10 or 15 seconds ahead of mine. So, Oh, yeah? I, Sorry. I just saw him make contact, as I said. <laughs> Rosarena doesn't even turn around. The funny thing so. is I'm usually behind. Uh, must, I'm take a, them lo- must take the feed longer to cross the border. Well, yeah, of course. They have to it. translate it, first of all. That's true. Sorry. That's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, uh, George Springer is another one of those guys that I would buy low on right now because, you know, he's always so pretty steady. I, you know, I, I, yeah, sorry. I was going to say I wrote an article for Yahoo last week on just players I would buy low on for no statistical reason. Yeah. Like usually my buy lows are like I just mentioned with Zach Wheeler, like everything with Zach Wheeler points to a rebound. Like he's had poor Babbitt luck and his strand rates low and his FIPS really low compared to his ERA. So I can give you all these statistical reasons why Zach Wheeler has been unlucky and mm-hmm. should probably turn around. There's a few players out there like George Springer, where you just look at his surface stats and you're just like, nah, that's not him. Yeah, like, I agree. Like he, Jose Abreu or someone like that's different. I, I purposely in the article put him at the bottom at, in a separate column saying like, I didn't forget about Jose Abreu. I don't want him in the article. And like, I like he's older and I just don't, I think maybe he's hit a wall. Um, mm-hmm. George Springer's George Springer. You just look at it. He's had an OPS over 800 in every year of his career, including his rookie year, every year of his career. And this year it's sick with 662 going into tonight's game. Like it's, he's going to straighten this out. Just, yep. Oh, sorry, I'm wrong. He had one year with a 780 OPS. Yeah. Bottom line is he's going to straighten this out. I'd agree with that. Yeah, I definitely. So it's agree just with that. like I don't even need to look at the advanced stats unless he's hiding an injury. This is going to get sorted. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. think that's true. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the uh, Mookie Betts let off with the double against Spencer Strider. He won that uh, first go. round pick comparison there, back to back, basically an ADP in the main event. Kind of funny uh, to see that kind of comparison there. Let's hit a few news and notes. Let's start with the Dodgers. Bobby Miller's uh, about to make his major league debut. The Dodgers are up in the top half of the inning. A uh, couple of things there, though. Dustin May got put on the 60-day IL today, uh, moved to that from the from the 15-day. So that's, you know, we we're talking on Sunday, is May a cut? He's, he's a cut. Um, he, he's not going to throw for six weeks. You can cut him now. Um, he's absolutely a guy that, uh, is going to take a long time to come back. If he comes back at all this year, uh, if you don't have IL spots, move on. Absolutely. I also have serious concerns as to how good Dustin may is because before the injury he was profiling and maybe this is injury related, like maybe the injury is coming, but before the injury, he was profiling as arguably the luckiest pitcher in baseball to that point in the season. He would be right there in the top five. Certainly in terms of, you know, dominance, the dominant stats, the strikeouts, the swing and miss was not there. The the swing and miss was like astoundingly low. Yep. The walks were there. Like everything there said, this guy is like a a four something kind of ERA. I I felt like, yeah, Mm -hmm. swing and miss not being there. Like, like his, when you, nowadays, if your strikeout rate is just, double your walk rate or strikeout total is just double your walk total which is basically was like you shouldn't be 
you shouldn't be doing what he's done. He's always been a little Babbitt guy. Maybe I was a little too hard on him and like looking at him a little further, his FIP when he went on the IL was 329, but I don't know. That strikeout rate was really concerning. Again, maybe a sign that the injury was coming. Yeah. I'll never know. doesn't matter. I'm with you. He's a full cut. Yeah, it's unfortunate because yeah. the yeah. guy, can't, guy can't catch a break right now. And in a weird position now, the Dodgers do not have really any semblance of a rotation. We have not no. seen this. We've, no. seen, we've seen flaws in the Dodgers at times, but right now, they, like they do not have anything that even resembles a, a postseason rotation. They did not want to call up Gavin Stone. They did not want to call up Bobby Miller. Yep. They had to. Uh, the, the May injury, uh, caused some of that. And the Urias is on the IL stone walked like five guys yesterday. Now, granted he faced the Braves. That's a tough team to pitch tough. against. And he faced the Phillies before that in his only other start. Uh, so it's a tough spot. Um, the guy that James Anderson was talking about to keep an eye on is Emmett Sheehan. Uh, he's in double a right now and he, he might get the call soon. He's having perhaps the best season of all the Dodgers pitcher prospects and James is coming up with a new set of prospect rankings on Thursday, which you can check out rotowire.com slash pod. When you get that free trial behind our paywall there, the rankings will go up on Thursday and you can see that uh, the adjusted uh, Dodger pitching prospect rankings among others. Uh, he's more uh, optimistic about Sheehan than he is against Bobby Mill than he is against stone or Grove or any of those guys. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not optimistic about the other guys at all. So I like him digging deeper to maybe find someone else. Uh, looking at Miller, like in advance of his debut, and we'll see what happens with him mm-hmm. today. But he threw six innings last time out in AAA. Right. But all of his other starts this season had been, he had not finished the fourth inning. So, yeah. uh, like, not that there were that many starts, but his other starts, he had not finished the fourth inning. So I don't know what kind of length the Dodgers will get out of him if he if he struggles at all. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't think they wanted to call him up. I don't think he's necessarily ready. Like I said, this is a weird position. And as a fantasy owner, like I'm typically, we're programmed to just say, Dodgers call up a pitching prospect. Let's get him. Yeah. Because he's probably going to be good. Uh, and that hasn't been the case this year. And I've really backed off of them. Like for the Dodgers to make a run this year, they're going to need at least one really good pitcher at the deadline. The funny thing is all the contenders, like not all the contenders, but so many contenders are in the same boat. The Braves right now have three starters that they can count on. Maybe Schuster becomes the fourth, but uh, you know, we'll see about that. The Astros are going with JP France and Brandon Bilak as their fourth and fifth starters. And I don't trust either of those guys. Uh, You know, the the Dodgers now that we're talking about them like that, you go down the list. There's a, there's a lot of teams needing help in their rotation. Uh, It's pretty ugly right now. Yeah, it is. I just, with the Dodgers, I'm not even sure if they even have, at least some of those other teams have pitchers at the top. Yeah. Like the Braves have Javier, uh, you know, Framber Valdez, et cetera. Um, the Braves, you know, have Strider, right? Like Bryce Elder actually looks really good so far. So the far. Dodgers. Yeah. yeah, I know it is. It is. It is early. Um, the Dodgers, I just don't even know what they have on the, at the top. Like, I don't know how many innings they can count on from Kershaw. Arias, we'll see when he comes back, but he wasn't pitching well. Um, Gonsolin's pitching Gonsolin's well, by the way. back. He's been like, like his ERA is really good, but he's doing time, what he always does. Yes, he's doing what he did last year yeah. for sure. Ridiculously low BABIP, an ERA that's way, way below all of his advanced stats. I guess we'll see where it goes from here. One of these years that's going to catch up to him, Kyle Hendricks like, but until it does, yeah. 
you know, it's one of those where, you know, the, the advanced, you know, it, it, where the advanced stats are going to suggest and be wrong for four years. And they'll finally say, aha, I was right. He was going to decline, but uh, I I kind of feel I get that feel about him. But yeah, he's also limited the number of innings he can throw. Uh, There's that Thor has not been improved. The the Dodgers devil magic doesn't work like on him like it did like Tyler Anderson. Yes. uh, And some other pitchers. Yes, this is the yeah, this is my thought as a fantasy owner is like like Thor is another one. I grabbed Thor in labor Mm -hmm. and I cut him. Like I cut him in a 15 team league with unlimited IL slots. I cut him. I just wanted him off my roster. This is uh, our labor league, huh? Yeah, yeah, in our labor league. So, um, like, that's a really, really deep league. And I was just like, no, I kept Matt Stram. Just, I was like, I'd rather roll him out as a reliever and maybe he'll get back into the Phillies rotation. And I think he actually maybe has some talent. I just didn't want to deal with Thor anymore. But when I picked Thor, it was kind of like round 20-ish. And it was basically just on the premise that, like, he had a 394 ERA last year, which is okay. And he's on the Dodgers now. So he's going to do better. So that kind of raises the uh, question to me, like who's got that pitcher to trade at the deadline? Where are these pitchers going to come from that the magically help these teams in need? Maybe they're not going, maybe they're not going. I, to. I don't see a whole lot out there. Uh, you know, things can change. Some, some teams might get, you know, it might be Lucas Giolito. Everybody in the world is going to try to trade for Giolito. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, Maybe the Marlins provide some pitching somewhere somehow, yep. but uh, Marlins are in second place though, or at least they were the other day. I don't know if they are right now, but uh, point is it's really difficult to find it out there. There I, could be teams like the Cubs or the Cardinals. Maybe if they don't catch up, they just give up and trade. Yeah, but what, so the Cardinals problem is they don't have top end starting pitching though. No, no, not top. So end what do they have to offer? Like just just innings eaters, Miles Michaelis type inning, inning, yeah. inning eaters. Yeah, oh, hold me back. Yeah, well, it could help a team to maybe get over. Like it, it would help a team like the like Dodgers maybe just not have to start pick guys who aren't ready. But yeah, as far as you're right, like teams like the A's and the Royals who are just totally out of it, they, they don't have any pitching to offer. Yeah, the if someone can go out there and offer an ace at the deadline you'd, this year, you'd think that they would get a lot. You know who's got who might have a surplus of pitching uh, is the Boston Red Sox, which is weird when they you consider yeah. they've given up 244 runs. They're not one of the better teams in baseball, <laughs> run prevention wise, but they're going to get Garrett Whitlock back. Uh, yep. They they got to figure out what they're doing with Tyler Houck. They got to figure out if Bayo is part of this rotation. Paxton's back. Sale is shoving. By the way, I have no sale. I have zero Chris Sale this year. Uh, so that's another one of the you can log that as another one of the Jeff mistakes out there. Um, they they've got some depth in that rotation. It's just I can't figure out who's going to be like, you know, who's going to get the cut because uh, I don't even I don't see them necessarily as a six man rotation team either. So, yeah, you know, something's got to give at some point in here. Yeah, I I know. Yeah, Nick Pavetta in the bullpen. The Dodgers would gladly He's already probably, there. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say the Dodgers. Well, he just went there, and the Dodgers would like gladly have Nick Pavetta in their rotation right now, just to eat a few innings. Um, I think there's enough badness in that rotation that it'll kind of fall apart. Like, like sales ERA is still over five. Yeah. Um, Kluber, stink. Kluber stinks. Oh, Kluber's like, terrible. Yeah. So like he's an easy punt to the bullpen at some point. If they, so if they Steven Matz for the Cardinals, same Paxton, thing. What's the over under on Paxton staying healthy two months? Yeah. Probably. Probably. If he, could do, if he could do three months, I'd be like pretty proud of him. Happy. By the way, speaking of the Cardinals, and we'll go back to the Cardinals for a second because why not? Sure. Uh, did you see the quote today from Ollie Marmol? 
That's my favorite. But I guy. do know that he drives you nuts. So what do you yes, got? He does. John Denton said this, and Denton writes for uh, he writes for uh, the MLB the, the MLB dot com writer for the Cardinals. Actually, he goes. Marmol said Libertor will be available in relief tonight because of the shortage of relievers available following Monday's ten inning loss. The team can't afford overexposing the bullpen just so Libertor can start in Cleveland. Ugh. I hate this guy. I picked up one Libertor. I'm not starting him this week. I picked up one share of him on Sunday. I think I spent about 50 bucks on it on a team that still had plenty of fab left. Okay. I kind of regretted it. It's one of those ones, like, you know how you go through your 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 results? Mm-hmm. And typically, you're excited if you got the person and disappointed if you didn't. I, I had a weird feeling when I got Libertor where I was I got him and I wasn't really excited. I got him in a couple of places. I I kind of was excited, but yeah. I it's nothing against that. the pitcher or the skill set or anything. It's it's the Cardinals. Yeah. It, it's just the way that, yeah, the way that they've handled him so well. And I do get that they, we'll see if they actually need him. I do get that they used four relievers last night. So. But it was just one extra inning. It's not like they yeah. went 17 innings in this game or something like that. But I guess they did have to dip into the bullpen like early enough that they had four. They did use four and they all pitched like, well, like yeah. yeah, and Flaherty yeah. couldn't get out of the fifth on Sunday too, so there is that. But I, I mean, they know. only used two relievers on Sunday, two yeah. two from their current bullpen on Sunday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, two not counting Libertor on Sunday. Yeah. So, I don't know. Cardinals I, are up I'm, I'm worried in that about game how today, he's, by the way. Yeah, I'm worried about how he's going to be used, um, and I will see. Uh, you'd think there'll be an injury. The only reason I wasn't total that I put competitive bids on him, I don't know. There's just Wainwright's like 40. Uh, Matt's is hurt all the time. Flaherty's hurt all the time. I just feel like there'll be an injury somewhere. Yeah. And the thing is, we just, it's, you know, just be patient. Give it two or three weeks if he's hanging around. Yeah. Yeah. They just got to keep him stretched out. For sure. For sure. By the way, Matt McLean homered in that game for the Reds. So uh, good, good, good news there if you just spend on him a little bit. But uh, Cardinal, I mean, the Dodgers and Braves are tied 1 1. So Bobby Miller has now given up his first major league run, too. So there is that. Sean Murphy with, I think, had, had the double to knock a run in on, on that one there. Uh, but uh, lots going on there. Uh, Astros, you know, we talked about how they're short on help a little bit. Lance McCullers isn't going to be back until at least the All Star break. There's not a lot of immediate help along the way there. I know Forrest Whitley uh, had a setback health wise or, or recently, too. So, I don't think he's walking through that door anytime soon. They really, you know, they don't really have any, have too many immediate options too. I wouldn't be surprised if they are in the market to trade. You know, everyone's going to be trading for Giolito basically or Lance Lynn. Although I don't know if I can do that. If I could stomach that yet. Yeah. Well, hopefully that would be a big thing for the White Sox would be maybe to see those pictures, see Lance Lynn rebuild his trade value by the end of, by the end of July. Um, Yeah. Looking at their, yeah. JP France has been, Nah, not that good since his first start was okay. He's really been not that good. Belak has a 289 ERA. He's got a 177 whip. Uh, yeah. So that's not good. <laughs> he doesn't strike guys out either. No. Uh, no. And he walks a lot of guys. Yeah. There's a lot of teams here that are going to be, it does look like just hanging on with the back end of their rotation. Um, this is why I'm so frustrated, by the way, with my Blue Jays. And I don't talk about them. I try not to talk about them too much on here, but they actually have five what should be five credible starters. Like they're mm-hmm. not dipping into the Brandon Belax and the calling up players. For right. Them. Like they actually have all of their pitchers healthy. They just need some of them like Manoa 
Brios, Kikuchi to just be a little more consistent. But they they actually have five credible starters, five guys who can go out at any time and throw five or six innings. They this is a team that's found a way to lose lately. Lately, they have been they've hit a hard part of their schedule. Like they went Yankees, Orioles, now Rays. And mm-hmm. you're right. The Jays have found a way to just score two runs less than the other team. So the ne- the night the Jays score four, they don't get a great pitching performance, and they give up six. And the night that their pitcher pitches well and they give up three, they score one. Like they've just they found a way. If they get a lead, they got a lead the other day. Romano blew it. You know, like they they just are finding ways to lose right now, and it's at a really tough part of the schedule. And they go from this series against the Rays to play the Twins in Minnesota on the weekend. So. They, they, they just could really use a soft landing right now. Well, and they like started by sweeping the Braves in that home. They did. Stand. That was really and then good. they yeah. lost six out of seven after that. That's right. And they sw- and they had a sweep of the Pirates, who are not a total doormat this year. Right. Um, but then they also got swept by the Red Sox, like before this losing streak, um, mm-hmm. before this losing streak started. So, yeah, they just they're finding they're finding ways to lose right now they in are. a division where, you know, there are a lot of teams. That everybody has a winning record. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you would think if this rotation stays intact with how dire the rotations are on some other teams, if you can just, if the rotation stays intact, you can just keep throwing out guys like Kikuchi and Barrios at the back end that eventually that will pay off. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, just they, they, they are also in the wrong division though, that they could, yeah. uh, they're at risk of right now they're in fifth in their division. They are. The the Jays also went on a different path. We talked about it earlier with the Gurriel trade. Like they tried to actually purposely get worse offensively in order to shore up their defense. And that part has worked by the way, their defense is spectacular. uh, Yeah. uh, And the outfield. Yes. Their outfield defense is spectacular. Yeah. There's been times like Guerrero had a couple errors last night. Like, you know what it's been? It's been, I, I think, uh, Keegan Matheson, who covers them for MLB.com, said like, like the Jays are just in a run right now where they've been punished for every mistake. Yeah. You know, like like Vlad can't scoop a ball out of the dirt last night and like Jose Siri hits a home run like right after it. Like it's just it, when the Jays screw up, it just seems to bite them right now. They're just on a bad run. It'll and and again, facing they're facing good teams. So Yeah, that's we'll true. See, they're winning tonight. Maybe they get back on track here. They can yeah. split a four-game series in Tampa. I think that would be a good recovery, and then go from there. But I'm not actually even that worried about them. But they've just—they're on a bad run, and some players like Alejandro Kirk. Now we can jump back into fantasy. Like really disappointing so far this year. Yeah, very much so. I, I like yeah. at least Danny Jacks, Danny Jansen's homered here and there. Yep, yep, for um, sure. And you know, it, it's you know, it, you know, it, it's kind of uh, one of those where Jansen probably deserves a little bit more playing time. Although I think Kirk is a pretty decent receiver behind the plate. I think yeah, I think they like that. Jansen better yeah. as a receiver. So that's the always been the vibe I get. And so if Jansen's hitting now Jansen's hitting 195, but like you said, he's hit a few home runs. If their OPSs are similar, I'd rather have Jansen in the lineup. But but they need Kirk to come around. So he's got to keep playing half the time. Yep. Right? We're, so yeah. 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 But but Varsho needs to hit better. Springer needs to hit better. Absolutely. Even Vlad needs to hit a little bit better. Yeah, we have a revenge game homer in Atlanta. No, not Freddie Freeman, but Jason Hayward against his former Braves oh, okay. team, uh, off of off of uh, Spencer Strider, two one in that game. There, you were mentioning your Jays; they're up three nothing on Taj Bradley. Just got that third run in the fourth inning, so uh, they're playing they're they're playing well today. At least they've got a lead uh, as far as yeah. that goes. I, I have uh, zero Taj Bradley shares, and I felt bad about that for a while, and now 
I don't. I'm just not totally sure where that's all going to go from here. Like sure. if we were to rank all the rookie starters, there was a point where you would have put Taj Bradley number one. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like you put him after, I don't know, three or four of them, at least two or three. Yeah, definitely yeah. behind Bryce Miller. Uh, and I think yeah. we'll probably put him behind Tanner Yuri Perez Bobby. as well. Uh, yeah. We'll see about the the others on that list there. But Ivy uh, like has good ratio so yeah. far. Yeah, really good strikeout to walk. So you're right, sure. Perez, Miller, Bivey, Logan Allen has a high whip, low ERA. I'm not really sure that that one's a debate. Yeah, I left uh, Yuri Perez active this week for his two start at Colorado tonight, and then at the Angels this weekend. <laughs> good, for dicey, you. dicey, really dicey. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So what place is that team in? Well, yeah. I have multiple yeah. spots, but one of them okay. is on the worst team ever. So, so why not to lose? Yeah. Right? I, I had a, I left Tanner Houck active on a team that's doing poorly yeah. and, and Houck had a good start last night. He didn't get the win, but he had a good start, but it was yeah. the same thought. It was like, I don't know my team. I don't know what place they're in thing like ninth or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This team's got to climb the standings. Tanner Houck's pitched better than his ERA had indicated going into last night. Let's give him a shot to turn it around. I was comforted, by the way, by our our colleague Steve Gardner's column, uh, the four teams in last place column that you mentioned uh, before we started today. Um, Steve is as as good at playing fantasy baseball, really, as you'll find around the industry. So so it's the kind of column you can write when you've got a really good track record like Steve. Um, But it just goes to show it's a humbling game. Yep. And and this has been a bit of a weird, they're all weird, but I don't know, this has been a weird year so far. It We've is. A, we, we talked about it in spring training. We had a lot to wrap our heads around. What were the mm-hmm. stolen bases going to be like? And how is the shift going to impact baseball? This is, is a weird year. We're going to go into, I, I cross my fingers, but we're going to go into next year's offseason with a lot more certainty. They're not going to be massive rule changes this winter. You know, we're, yep. we're going to have, I think, a steadier approach next season. We're going to know Probably. what the stolen base landscape looks like. There'll be some new rule that will all be up in arms again. Oh, probably, there, you're right. There'll be something. Yeah. But but there's labor peace. There's, yep. There, there's no – cross your fingers. There's no pandemic. Like, there should be – Knock on all the wood there. Yeah. yeah. There should be uh, should be more consistency. And we know what – we will know at the end of the year – what Estuary Ruiz or like, you know, what a league leading base dealer looks like. Is it, is it look like a 60 base steel guy, a 70, a 50? Like, what does that look like? So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. All right. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. Uh, good commentary in the chat guys. Appreciate you as always. Uh, thanks to our friends at rivals fantasy for sponsoring us and for the blue wire network. We got James Anderson tomorrow on Thursday. I've got Michael Govier of, uh, nice ftn.com joining us so uh looking forward to that one should be a very energetic podcast on that one there and then next week in the thursday slot mike gianella from baseball perspective so uh got booked a little in advance finally for once so yay me uh but thanks everybody for listening take care spring is in the air at littleton coin company and we want to help you brighten your collection Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.